Was God completely finished with creation after that week in Genesis 1? Or was there one more thing to take care of? We'll answer that today on Love God First. Hi listeners, welcome back. This is Catherine at Love God First. Hey, we've been journeying together through the creation story in Genesis. And for those of you who heard the last podcast, which was a conversation with a young man, which by the way, I will be doing that every few episodes. What I'll be doing is bringing in a person to just talk and dialogue a little bit about the subjects that Genesis brings up. Because as we know, every subject in Genesis and in the rest of the Bible is relevant to today. Why? Because we're people. And the Lord knows us well, and He knows what we need. And that's true 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years ago. It's true now. So as we journey on, we're going to be picking up the second part of Genesis. I read the first part up through Genesis 1:22, or actually 23 last time. And we'll be talking about the rest of the story today. And do you know that there is an impact on your life that this could have today? that the Genesis creation story has relevance to you now, right now. And we'll be talking about that today. Because everybody has this nagging feeling of, you know, what's the meaning of life? What's my purpose? Why am I here? You know, you don't think about it often, but there is this deep need that we as humans have to just answer these questions. And of course, Genesis, again, brings it up. So that's why we're talking about it. Here we go. We're going to pray. And by the way, I'm using the NASB version of the Bible. If you're ever wondering that and you want to follow along, you can in the New American Standard. Okay. So Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it's the same today, yesterday, and forever. It doesn't change. And it's relevant to us. It teaches us how to be your people. And it transforms us. Thank you for the transformative power of your word. And that's true in every page of the Bible, every verse of the Bible. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, to give us insight. Show us how to live this out in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So I'm going to pick it up at Genesis 1.23. Here we go. And there was evening and there was morning, a fifth day. Verse 24. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after their kind, and it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after their kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So, by the way, verse 27 and and 26 also are such huge verses with meaning and insight that we're going to pick those up on another podcast. So stay tuned for that for the the next podcast, but we're going to keep going on. And God, this is verse 28, and God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. So notice we were first vegetarians. 
Isn't that interesting? And the animals too, all of us. And to every beast of the earth, this is verse 30, and to every bird of the sky and to everything that moves on the earth, which has life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Okay, that's the end of chapter one. But do you know when the Bible was written, there wasn't anything, nobody had made chapters yet. They hadn't figured out chapters and verses and things. So the story goes on. So we're going to keep going into chapter two. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts. And by the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it, he rested from all his work, which God had created. Notice that word created again and made. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, there it is again, created, in the day that the Lord God made earth and heaven. Okay, so that's the entire story of of creation from Genesis 1, a little bit into Genesis 2. Very exciting. So I pointed out that word to you, created, it's in Hebrew, bara, and it's a word that, I, I talked about it before, but it's a word that means created out of nothing, something from nothing, that God actually spoke things into existence. There's a wonderful verse in the New Testament that says that God calls the things that are not as though they are. And he did that in Genesis all through it. Now here's the cool application. He's creating all these things, you know, all these seven days of creation, all these things were made, you know, there's stars, planets, sun, moon, people, plants, animals, air, atmosphere, Everything that has been made, he made. And it's very vast. But do you know that's not the last thing that the Lord created? You thought it was over, right? You thought the creation story was over, but it's not. There's another place where God created, and it's in the New Testament of all places. So we're going to go there in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Let me flip there. While I'm flipping there, I'll just give you a little bit of background. This is a book that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, who are a bunch of wild people. By by the letter, the Second Corinthians letter, they had settled down slightly, but Paul was still trying to teach them about this new difference of being a Christian. And I'm going to pick it up in verse 14 of Second Corinthians 5, and I'm just going to read a few verses. It says, For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, that they who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no man according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Now here it is, listen. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. So I looked that up in the Greek, new creature. It's, it's other versions say new creation. And also, therefore, if any man is in Christ, now my NASB says man, but I looked that up in the Greek too, and it's if anyone. So it's, any, it's all of mankind. It's any person is in Christ. He's a new creation. Isn't that interesting? And do you know when I looked this word creation up in the Greek, that the same principle of God calling something out of nothing, creating something from nothing, that Latin phrase ex nihilo is true about this word as well. The first acts of creation were so huge and vast and mighty, but this second act of creation is so personal. In Christ, 
I myself and you yourself have been made a new creation. And before Jesus, there was nothing like this. Jesus changed everything for all of humanity. And as a Christian, I'm now something new. The Lord didn't recycle, patch together something, a couple of things together to make this new creation. No, He made each of us a new creation in Christ. When we are born again, when we're fully surrendered Christians, we are something new. And it's the last beautiful personal creation that the Lord did. And you're a part of that. You, you yourself. That is, if you know Christ as your Savior. Isn't that exciting? And it's so personal. Now, something about being a new creation in Christ, and I'll define that a little bit, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, but is every part of me made new? No. No. I still have a flesh. I still have a desire to feed my own desires and be independent and rebellious. In fact, just to illustrate that, I'll tell you this story. So when my kids were younger, this is maybe, I don't know, six or seven years ago, my youngest daughter, we were homeschooling and I was, and it, it was a, I didn't sleep well the night before. And so I just got up and we started working on schoolwork and I'm sitting there talking to my daughter and telling her what to do, get going, come on. And she said to me, she's about six years old. She said, mommy, have you prayed this morning? And I said, no, I didn't have time. I was, I slept in as I slept badly last night. And she looked at me and she said, I can tell, and just burst into tears. Okay, so I could tell in that moment that my flesh, that I was teaching out of my flesh, out of anger and impatience and frustration with my kids because they weren't doing things exactly how I wanted. And I hadn't taken time to spend the time with the Lord and ask for that patience that only the Holy Spirit can give me. You know, there's a whole process I go through in the mornings just to kind of be kind to other people. <laughs> and it happens because I spend time with the Lord. He makes me that way. I kind of, I get up like everybody else, selfish and frustrated with life. So although actually, no, my husband gets up super happy and just delighted to be alive, but not me. I have this a process for me. So that's just an example. Of, hey, we're always in the flesh. Yes, I'm a new creation, but I still have to fight that. But here's the cool thing is I don't have to be dominated and controlled by my flesh. I have a, I have a choice now. Let's talk a little bit more about what it means to be a new creation. And Paul defines it for us in verse 16, right up above that, that one I just read. So I'm going to reread verse 16. It says, Therefore, from now on, we recognize no man, no one in Greek, according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Now, what does that mean, according to the flesh? Well, it means recognizing a person according to their accomplishment or their failures their strengths or their weaknesses, but it's it's looking at everything we've done by human effort alone, apart from God, apart from faith. So we're not regarding people, other Christians, that is, according to that flesh. We're saying, okay, this is a person who's a new creation. And that applies to myself too. When I think about myself, am I looking and, and ask yourself this, how do you look at yourself? Do you say, I'm such a loser. I just have really failed. These are the places I really suck. You know, is that your self-talk? Or are you remembering that beautiful verse in Colossians 3.3, which says, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Hidden. So when we become Christians, spiritually, it's as if we actually died with Jesus on the cross, went into the grave. And then it's spiritually as if we rose with him from the dead. We are these new creations in Christ. We're hidden in him. What does that mean? It means that when God sees us, he sees Jesus all around us like a cloak, like like we're wearing him like a robe. 
and his righteousness is seen. So yes, I have a flesh, and yes, I'm learning how to get it under control and how to deny it and how to walk in faith, but the Lord sees me as his perfect bride, covered in Christ, redeemed, righteous before him. In fact, going back to 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says that he made him who knew no sin, that's Jesus, to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. How beautiful is that? Again, I just have to emphasize, this is for the committed Christian I'm talking to right now. For those people who are listening who haven't completely surrendered to the Lord, that's not true. Okay, the, the abundant grace of God is true for believers, for those who say, hey, I want to obey God. I want to please Him. That's my heart. My heart is to do things that He likes because I love Him and I, I want to do things for Him. That kind of heart, that kind of surrendered, born-again Christian, this is true. Now, if you're not in that category, if you're a person who hasn't given your life to Jesus, hey, you could And do you know you could even do it because of a podcast? You could be just listening to my voice right now and saying, wow, I I want that. I want to be seen not as my failures and all my loserness and all my places where I fail are on the forefront, but instead, boy, I want the Lord to see me the way Jesus looks, totally righteous and perfect. Now, it doesn't mean that we never have to change. I have to put that in there too, because it's not like, okay, I guess I'm, I'm covered in Christ, so everything's fine. No, no, we don't get a free pass. Uh, Paul says in other places in the New Testament that we are being conformed into the image of Christ. And in Hebrews 9, it says, He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. So it's both. We're perfect forever already, but we're also being made holy. The the process isn't done, folks. We are still being made into the image of Christ. Now, that doesn't mean we lose our personality. It doesn't mean we lose who we are. It means our character is being formed into just the beauty of Jesus, grace and truth, righteousness, kindness, generosity, excellence in all he did, and the miraculous, praying for people, seeing them healed, following the Lord and and being directed by the Father, all the things that Jesus did. That's that's where we're going. God created the heavens, the earth, all the plants and animals, and the first people, but he waited for Jesus to come to create his last masterpiece. And that's me and you, born-again followers of Jesus who are hidden in him, who are the righteousness of God in Christ. Notice again that in Christ, we're always in Christ to receive all of this. Now, why does this matter? Well, it changes the way we relate to the Lord. I'm not groveling before him. I'm not full of shame. Instead, and I pray differently. I come to him. I confess my sin quickly. I don't carry it around with me like, I'm so horrible. You know, I just say, Lord, thank you for forgiving me once again. I'm bringing this to you again. Wash me clean. And I go to the Lord first with my cares because he sees Jesus covering me when he sees me. And I ask for guidance without guilt. I ask for strength differently because I'm already a new creation. I'm just figuring out how to walk that out. So I don't have to beg or bargain with him. I'm a new creation in Christ. I have full access to the Father. So I pray a prayer of faith, asking for his will to come. Do you see the the difference there um, between coming and just begging him and coming boldly before the throne of grace? 
So how do you view yourself today? As a new creation in Christ? As part of that beautiful creation story? Or as, do you see yourself according to the flesh, all your failures and weaknesses apart from faith and apart from God? Well, I would encourage you today to remember and believe what the Bible says about you. That is true above your feelings, above your own thoughts and emotions. That is true. The, what the Bible says about me is who I am. And what it says I can have, I can have. And who it says I am is that's who I am. Let's just be encouraged by that, that we are new creations in Christ, the last beautiful part of creation in the creation story. Lord, you created the earth for us, but you weren't finished making things out of nothing. You made us born-again believers, born-again Christians. You made us something new out of nothing because your son's sacrifice made it possible. We're just so thankful. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus, your son. Thank you for covering us with the righteousness of Christ. We're so incredibly blessed and grateful, Lord, for that. And we just believe it today. We receive it, and we trust you as we walk out how to be new creations in Christ. Teach us more about how to do that and how to do it well how to do it that's in a way that's pleasing to you and that brings many people into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, don't forget to click the like button and subscribe to our podcast and share with a friend. And if you have questions about Genesis that I haven't answered yet, feel free to email me at lovegodfirstpodcast at gmail.com. That's lovegodfirstpodcast at gmail.com.